Green Squad, I was actually really surprised because whenever there's like a group podcast, it's hard to keep people from like talking over each other, even like in person. And so I was like, man, I wonder how they're going to be able to do this. And then I listened to the first episode and I was like, they do a really good job of directing traffic for five or six people on a call virtually running the podcast. So pretty good stuff. So check it out. But they are the, well, I don't know that I can say longest standing squad because there are at least one other squad, but there's probably two other squads that have existed as long, if not three other squads. But the most consistent squad, as far as members go, in the war room, by far. Uh, they've never missed a meeting. And to my knowledge, they've not lost a member and they haven't really changed a member out in over three years, three and a half years uh, since the war room started. And they've achieved just a ton of success. Um, you could say conglomerately or individually, no matter how you slice it, everybody in the green squad is just crushing it. And when you talk to them, they always point back to the squad and consistency. And so, you know, within the war room, one of the things that has always kind of been difficult to replicate has been the squads, right? We talk about accountability. We talk about squads. We talk about this, that, and the other. And it's kind of one of those things that's like, it's hard to capture the essence of. So I, I was listening to their chat, their their podcast the other day, and it, I was like, Marty, Adam, guys, why don't you guys just come talk about what makes Green Squad run? Because you guys have done this more consistently than even my squad has. And we would love to hear what makes Green Squad tick. So I'm not saying Green Squad's the best squad because I can't have favorites, but I will admit that they are more consistent. Dave, you are allowed to have favorites. Uh, so we heard it. Green Squad's your favorite. Got it. Um, three and a half years ago, I guess, coming up on four years in October. Right, Dave? I think that's when you started the war room. I think so. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, end of September, beginning of October 19. Yeah. Yeah. So it started off. It was um, me, Adam, Marty, Tom. And then we added. We So I will say first started, but I don't Thanks, think Tom. that he... he he was he was deployed to the Middle East somewhere, and so it, it just he could never match up with the schedule. So he was I think he left the war room pretty soon after, and then we added Justin shortly after that, maybe like a half year in or half year or a year. I think he swapped squads and came over to ours because his squad they weren't meeting consistently. And then uh, James we added in the fall of twenty one twenty or twenty one. James, when did we add you, man? 21. 21. And that was from a flip packing live. We went to the flip packing live to see Adam do his thing there. So we started off with four, four disciplines of execution was a book that was recommended for all the squads to read and then to follow basic template from that. So, and Dave, I think you have since like made that into a, uh, a PDF, like a fillable PDF template that people can use. And I'll tell you at the beginning, we had a common interest, real estate, that brought us together, and we had a structure that we kind of used to keep get the flow going before we knew each other, before we were really comfortable with each other. And something like that is extremely helpful for a group of people getting together who they just we don't have the rapport yet. And so we were committed, and we had that structure and that common interest. And 
I don't know what it is because a little bit of luck involved, right? Because we all just had that mindset when we started off of, hey, we believe in this. We believe this can help us advance and whatever our goals were at the time. And so we're going to commit to this. And using that structure, every Saturday morning, we just would show up and we, you know, at first kind of probably awkwardly go through that. But it was that commitment kind of to each other and showing up that just kept us going at first. And since then, we it's evolved a little bit. We don't necessarily stick with that four disciplines of execution structure anymore um, because we've been doing it so long and we have that rapport. But uh, yeah, that's that was the beginning and the start of it. And I think what, what made us really successful at first, and I'll kick it over to anybody else now to chime yeah. in with. Can I just say, because I think it's hard to hard to put ourselves back in those shoes. I think collectively we had a few doors. We had done, everybody had kind of done a few things in real estate. Tom Tom had maybe the most at the time. I don't know. He had 13 unit. And I think we all were like, a few of us were like buying turn a couple turnkeys. Like nobody had really done a ton of stuff at the time. So like many people on this call, it almost sometimes would could feel like the blind leading the blind a little bit and it did it's not like we got together and because we had like you know two two three months worth of meetings we all just took off it was showing up every single week and that i that is the honest to god differentiator is that we literally show up every week and i'll tell you guys like there have been many stretches where like it's kind of lame like we none of us have a bunch going on or we're super busy or our lives are getting in the way and it's you know we we might have a meeting it's just kind of a dud every once in a while and it was like that more often than not in the beginning but the thing for us was we still showed up and went through it every single week and now it's become almost the opposite where i don't know i got like 20 deals going on in four companies and i'm like huh you know none of that's really that interesting like let's talk about life uh, let's talk about uh, leadership or challenges in leadership or, hey, I got this problem with this employee. And like the deals become, at first, it's all about the deals. And it's hard because like our whole squad's not doing a bunch of deals yet. And then it becomes, man, we, we're doing a bunch of deals. It's crazy. Like the amount of deals and properties we buy collectively, multifamily residential starting businesses like it's just like insane but that that becomes less important because there's so much of that going on you have to it's it's more about like hey what what do we have how are we managing this how are we managing our lives how are we managing our family time how are we managing our mental health our physical health um so i just i, I kind of want to say like in the beginning it was sometimes it was rough like we weren't really not i feel like at times when nobody's really getting anywhere, but we showed up every week. And I think honestly, that is the singular thing that differentiated us and allowed us all to like continue to move forward and and what it was we wanted to do and redefine what we wanted to do. It's been reshaped time and time again over the last four years. Um, you know, it's at one point I thought my goal was to have 30 rentals that cash flow net 4k a month and I was going to be good. Like that's, that's like all I needed. Like I was like, yeah, that'll be fine. Like that'll supplement my retirement and I'll just kind of 
retire off on the prairie. And then like after month six and I'd achieved that, I was like, oh, I can like 10X this pretty easy. So it's stuff changes. You know, you brought up the blind leading the blind and, and I, I do agree to that somewhat. But um, what we what we did as a group was um, we kind of all differentiated to each other's strengths. And so, you know, at the very beginning, Brandon and Tom's strength was, you know, their O5s, their structure. They would bring out that sheet every week. They would go through it, you know, and when us yahoos would try to divert off of that, they, they would use their um, strength and bring the meeting back to the structure. And, and let's talk about that. And then, you know, I, I was on that sheet. We would each take turns of being in the hot seat. And so, you know, it would force us to be vulnerable and force us to bring all of our stuff together and, and bring it to the group. And then we were able to kind of use each other's strengths to build, you know, when I was in the hot seat, using the, the group's strengths to build me up. And then, you know, the next week it would be somebody else's turn and somebody else's turn. And we would just keep doing that over and over and over again. Yeah, I was going to kind of say something similar. Obviously, I think the key thing that will keep coming up is consistency because that is part of it. But especially thinking back to the early days and hearing Brad and, and Adam talk about it, you know, that that format does work. I don't know where the accountability came in early with our group, but it was there from the beginning. And I mean, maybe from a from a military standpoint, our group is a little bit more senior as a whole in terms of time and service and, and honestly just age. But the accountability piece was kind of always there. So I can remember meetings where you're like, oh man, I don't even remember what my, my men's was and did I do it? Like, I can't be the only guy that shows up and hasn't done my men's and just that kind of, and, and not because you, you were going to get shit. I mean, you're going to get shit for it, but uh, in a productive way. And I think similarly, you know, staying focused on what individual goals were, you know, if it was your turn in the hot seat and our format has completely changed now, but you would get a lot of questions. And if you were talking about doing things that were, you know, maybe not directly aligned with your goals, not a bad thing, but then it would evolve to a conversation of, okay, well then is that the right goal for you? Or should you be focused on something different? Or why are you thinking that? So I do think the group as a whole is really good at, at kind of the, the Socratic method. So there's a lot of questioning that happens and challenging, but in a productive way. And that really just gets kind of the juices flowing. So sticking to the format and then having that level of accountability in the early days, I think with the consistency or really kind of propelled people forward. And to Adam's point where we went from a group of, you know, guys doing some early stage real estate deals and 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 the meetings were about the deals and it was super exciting to where, and I remember it was this weird pivot and I can remember where all of a sudden everyone was doing deals and sometimes you would hear about a deal in the group chat, we wouldn't even talk about it on the call. Or Adam ultimately would be like, yeah, I just closed like six houses this week. And it's like, great, next. Like, that's what we expect from you. So it was an interesting pivot and it kind of happened at the, at all at the same time. But uh, yeah, just thinking back to it, it's, 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 kind of, it's kind of weird to see where we're at now from where we were. But the accountability, consistency, and following the format, I think is what spurred, I know myself, and, and I think a lot of the group towards their goals and their actions. One of the major objections I see with groups is like, uh, and I see this comment in the chat, but like time zones. I started off in California. We obviously selected Saturday morning at 5 a.m. Pacific, 8 a.m. Eastern. Like it's really hard to make an excuse on a Saturday why you can't show up, especially that early in the morning, typically before family time. Um, you know, if you're West Coast, like Tom and I was at one point, 
you know, 5 a.m., you're you're pretty much in the clear on a Saturday morning. So honestly, if if the time zone thing's not working out, like pick a time zone where it's there's very little other interference going on and be committed to showing up like 5 a.m. on Saturday mornings in the West Coast. Like, yeah, but so early on, it's not ideal, Adam. Er, you know, early on, it probably took a little effort for all for the West Coast in the crew. I think we got three on the West Coast still, right? Justin, me and Travis. It was hard the first few months, but eventually it just becomes something you want to do, right? The discipline uh, is how you get started. And now, I mean, within the last month, somebody's called in from Europe. I forget who that was. Justin maybe was on a work trip in Europe. He called in. Brandon's driving right now. Uh, he's on the call. Um, I've called in from uh, deployment. I think we've had a few folks call in from deployment. You get to the point where you're just calling in because you want to. It doesn't matter what time it is anymore, right? Tom, I, you know, one year Christmas fell on a Saturday and we didn't meet at our normal morning time, but we met in the afternoon. And, you know, it was only a 10 minute call meeting of everybody saying, hey, how's it going? Merry Christmas. Has anybody got anything? No, cool. But we still did it. You know, I, there was a question in, I think, the Facebook group of, you know, what do you do for birthday parties and, and you know, and all that. And it's like, well, we just that's this is a non-negotiable for us. Every, everybody else's stuff go, gets booked around that. And, you know, how many times have we called from a from an air, airport or, you know, on a plane using their, you know, it's just we all we all still live our lives, but the meeting is most important. And so we schedule everything around that meeting. I've been in a full wetsuit waiting to go surf with my son in the water at 5.35, in the summer and waiting for the call to end, but or walking down, you know, so it's it's real, it's tangible and we're allowed to execute the meetup because that's where, that's where we want to be. James is running a four by four by 48 right now. Literally, he's probably got what he got four miles left. He I have 12 miles left. 12 miles left. Well, it's only going to feel like four, James. It's fine. And he hasn't, he's probably slept with a combined four hours in the past two days. So, like, he called in. He called in while he was running. I was just saying it's not an option. It's like, it doesn't, no. it's, it doesn't, there's no optionality to it. It's you do it. It's pretty simple. One of the questions in field in in field and Facebook uh, was about the structure, and I, so the some of the guys hit on it early on. We did the structure, the war room structure to a T, right? We uh, we rotated roles. We had a calendar that showed who was coming up in, in each role, uh, and and just peer leadership enforcing enforcement kept us doing it. And the fact that there was a calendar that showed what was coming up. I think, you know, a little uh, future look was was motivating or gave you, wasn't like, well, this might happen. Now we had a calendar for months out. And over time, it has evolved. And now we essentially do highs and lows. And it's not really highs and lows. It, it is, but it's just a chance for a check-in with each person. We go around and then if somebody says, hey, I, I need help with this, guys. We drill down and we talk about it. Sometimes that happens. Sometimes it doesn't. And But at a minimum, everybody gets you know, a few minutes on the mic to share what's going on. And it, I mean, like Adam said, it's usually not about real estate anymore, right? I think today we talked about somebody's health. We talked about somebody's family. We talked about, you know, who knows? And yes, there's still notes too. I just checked. Thanks, Brandon. Brandon's keeping up with our notes. So uh, there's still a record of all of it. I literally was typing notes every, every call. And I recently just switched to put my AI on there to take notes. So uh, yes, there's still notes. No, I don't know if anyone has ever actually gone back and reviewed those notes. <laughs> but from the beginning, it was just part of that structure that 
it just kept, I don't know, yeah, we just kept doing it, right? Because we had, had this flow, we had this commitment, we had this structure. Um, I, I'd like to say something about it, right? If a lot of the success for the reason this has continued is really about the mindset, I think, that each one of us brings to the group. You know, Justin mentioned earlier, or Marty mentioned vulnerability. Justin was talking about the accountability. And then it's challenging in a, in a uh, challenging in a constructive way. What we've actually done, and not by any intention, I don't think, in the, in the beginning, was we've basically formed a, a peer coaching group. And a peer coaching group is a group of folks that we're just trying to help each other get better, help each other learn, help each other grow. And we, the way that we do that is by just accountability, asking questions, being curious. Like Justin said, you said this was your goal. Here's the things you're doing. That's fine, but they don't seem to be aligning with your goal. Is Do you think that should still be your goal? Or, you know, What do you think about that? And we help each other come up with our own answers and figure out things for ourselves, but, you know, just kind of through inquiry and dialogue. And, um, you know, I, at the beginning, it wasn't like this is a peer coaching group. It just, the way the dynamics of the group have evolved, that's what it's turned into. And so we're, when your mindset is, Hey, I want to jump on and I just want to help these guys grow and get better. That's it. And it's totally, it's completely off of yourself. Like you're not, I don't jump on my call and say, all right, how am I going to extract something out of this group today to, to be better? That, 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 is, that never crosses my mind. And I venture to say it doesn't cross any of the guys in Green Squad's mind. It's all about how can we show up for each other today? And, and hopefully we can help at least one of us improve 0.1%. We're using the format <laughs> date provided from day one. All we did was turn it into an Excel document so that we could tab it out all the way across every week it's a tab right like that like that's we use exact thing dave provided to us kind of go off of what brandon said i think what we also do as a group is we are completely we decided from day one that we were going to be completely honest and open with each other and so when i you know in the beginning when we would do the hot seat or whatever and i would have to look at figures and and you know say hey oh this property's cash flowing this much and all that you know there were some that were negative and and i you know, I still showed that to the group and I still showed, Hey, I made a mistake of, you know, here's my mistake. And then the group was able to kind of help me get out of that. And then, you know, sort of throughout time that has evolved into now we're not even diving into properties. We're diving into feelings and, and, um, you know, thoughts and stuff. And it's so, you know, there's many, many calls where somebody's being completely vulnerable of, uh, of something going on in their life and the group is helping them along with that. And so it's kind of evolved from us doing that with real estate to now we're doing that in life. And so the only way that is to buy is if the entire group is completely vulnerable and open with each other. But Gemma, to ask your questions, we usually do at least an hour. Sometimes we go over. That's why we're not on the all call sometimes. Um, but yeah, usually it's holy shit. We got 10 minutes left and we still got two people who need to talk about their highs and lows. And I would add two, two seconds to just add to what Marty said. The only way you're ever going to get that open and vulnerable with a group of guys is if you're consistently meeting with them. So it goes hand in hand. We've talked about yeah, some, great- some deep, we've talked about some deep life things. I mean, discipline of kids, uh, relationships with spouse, how that affects your business, 
positive mental attitude. Like, like we talked about like the problem of suicide on our, on our chats before we talk about some pretty deep stuff. I'll, I'll speak for myself. That's been very impactful for me and the better human that, you know, the, the squad helps me become the better business owner I am. I think that's probably true across, across uh, the other guys too, but I don't want to speak for them. Yeah, James, I was just going to say that we have, there, there's an awful lot of love for us not meeting uh, for meeting what majority of us the first time in 2021, I think at Flip Backing Live is where I think a majority of us met physically for the first time that we have, we have love for each other. Like there's true, you know, pick your one of three Greek loves, but we we truly love being together and talking and sharing and, and uh, expressing ways for and each individual viewpoint on how we can be better or how we can help our members of our group be better. Yeah. Every time we're, I mean, we've met each other two or three times. It's always hugs. I love your brother. You know, that kind of stuff. That's, that's what we got with each other. I mean, I'll just say, I mean, it took a long time to get there. Right. That didn't happen overnight. Um, not that I don't think anyone, you know, and I don't think anyone, I know, well, I'll say for myself, it's like, you know, I, I joined for specific reasons um, and was excited about it and, you know, knew uh, some folks already in more room and stew for forever but you know what we the more we put in the more we got out of it and i guess like now you know when you hear i'm just when you guys talk about it it's like i could put myself in the shoes of like a new war remember or someone else and I'm like what they're talking about isn't even the war room and it is um but it took us a long time to get there right and so and i think each squad can make it what they want it to be i would say you know we had some shared values uh, from the get-go. And I think there was respect for those and there was an understanding of those, but everyone's is, is actually pretty different, you know, besides the fact that everyone served uh, in terms of, you know, their strengths and what they're good at and what they're passionate about and, and their style, right? We've got multiple different styles from a, a leadership and, and um, you know, teamwork standpoint within the group and, it works really, really well. And, and that comes out sometimes in our discussions, but from the early days, I think it was recognizing that, but then that shared commitment and values um, that, that then sticking to the process, you kind of hear, you know, the guys talking about what it's morphed into, which is, which is awesome. Uh, but it took a long time to get there. And it, you know, that was not the goal. I'll say three years ago, right. No one was like, Oh, we're going to, you know, we're going to show up and it's going to turn into this, you know, all these different things. It's just kind of slowly happened over time. And, you know, I think if we went around the room right now and said, well, where is it going to be in two years? There'd probably be some interesting ideas, but I don't think anyone would even, um, you know, be able to concretely say that because it's not like we're sitting around, you know, planning those things. I guess what I'm saying is it's happening naturally. And I think that comes from the place of kind of shared values and commitment and the rest is just kind of happening, you know, as we all grow individually, the, the group is growing together. I think, yeah. And I think that part of what makes us work too, is we're, we're okay with not knowing, right? Like it's what we've gotten to the point now where we trust each other and we show up for each other and it's okay. If we don't, we don't know what it's going to look like in two years, but that's all right. Cause we're, we're in it together and we're helping each other grow and, and wherever it takes us, it takes us. I, I would say too, you can't, what works for one group, you hit on this, Justin, you were kind of alluding to it, right? What works for one group, it might not work for another group. What what I would be looking at right now is if I was interested, if I was in a different squad and I was interested in in 
getting something like this is what are the principles that we've been talking about? Like, ask yourself that, like extract those principles and then figure out based on who's in your group, like how can you apply some of those principles? Like you don't have to do everything the way that another squad does it, but the principles of values, the commitment, accountability, showing up for each other, like how genuinely wanting the other people in your squad to succeed and not, not caring as much about your own, more outwardly focused. Like these are principles that then you, you figure out how to apply with your own group dynamic and your own personalities in the group. Don't try to plug and play exact, but like try to pick out the principles that we're talking about. Here's a surefire way to not succeed in the war room. If you have a mindset that says, uh, and I've heard people say this in the past, you know, I just don't feel like I'm getting anything out of it. I'm always the one teaching. Like you don't belong here, frankly, because if you can't come into your group, into your small group, into the greater group and have a mindset to give more than you take, you you are not open to receiving. You can't get what you need and you don't know what you need. You think you need one thing and you come into these things and you get something else you didn't even know you needed. But I've seen a few people cycle through the community who have said those exact words to me. And I'm like, man, you have some maturation that needs to happen because if that's what your mindset is, how can you even be open to receiving? If you think, oh, I'm like the best guy in my team and you know, I'm, all, I'm the one always coaching and I don't feel like I'm getting anything. I think you have to have a mindset to give without expectation. And usually when that happens, I know it has been a great benefit to me and, and many others. I have something to say about maturity. I think all of us are relatively like professionally mature and emotionally mature. I'm the youngest guy in the group. I'm 35. Um, and I think where uh, that manifests the most to break it down into one thing is we can be honest with ourselves and like uncensored honesty. Your greatest learning lessons often come from missteps or failures. So when you can be honest about that with yourself, now you bring that honesty to the group. The group gives you really productive feedback. They see an angle you didn't realize or didn't um, didn't consider before. Boom, learning. One more thing. Um, I had a note here. I'm pretty competitive, and I know like I'm not. I don't want to be the weak link in the group. It's not going to happen. I think we are all kind of pretty competitive, but also supportive. I think that is a factor. If I'm being honest, and I'm honest with myself, I just talked about it. <laughs> it is. Yeah, I think that that's a big thing. You know what I mean? Like even if the men's, you know what I mean? You don't want to be the only guy in a group of seven or eight of assassins. And then you're the only guy coming in week after week that didn't do the shit that you said you were going to do last week. You know, you don't want to look all these guys in the eye and be like, hey, you crushed the week. I sucked. And then do that week after week after week. You know what I mean? So that that's definitely a big part of it. There is some competition between us. Take that humility. Take that ego and just shit can it completely. I'm really bad at hiring. I've been through so many people in hiring. You know who's really good at hiring? Adam Whitney. So I can I can be like, dude, I am just struggling with this constantly. And I bring it up and you're like, oh, do this, this, and this. And oh, you'd think I would hopefully learn from that, but I still struggle. That's that's the value of the group right there. And back to the structure piece, we don't do mins anymore, at least not in the ver in, in the outward expression of, you know, Brandon, what are your mins? James, what are your mins? And I don't think I think the reason we don't is that we formed habits over the first two and a half years to where uh, we're having the conversation now without having it. And 
when we do check in with each other, hey, you know, hey, how's that development deal going? Hey, what's up with that business you're starting? Uh, the person that's answering the questions is essentially reporting that they did their mins. Uh, it's just not uh, an outward expression anymore like uh, like it was in the beginning. And so the habits that we formed, you know, it's part of that mindset that Brandon was talking about. And I think the mindset, you know, I, I won't speak for the others. For me, the way my mindset has shifted over the last three and a half years has benefited me in every facet of my life, least of which is real estate. I've done less real estate than everybody else in the group. And I feel like my mindset has changed, you know, as much or, or more than anybody else's. And it's, like I said, not not got hardly anything to do with uh, real estate investing. It's not about real estate, right? It's about it's about the growth. And it's about if you're becoming better, if you're able to learn and grow, but just be, just get better in all aspects of your life, then sure, your real estate, if it's, if it's a business for you, then your real estate business is going to see the benefits. If you're doing something, you have another business, then that'll see the benefits. Or maybe in your home life or, or you know, if you're still active duty, when you show up, I know for me, like I started this group, I was XO. I made it through XO, CO, turned that over. Uh, Tom, same thing. We use the benefits of this group to be better leaders in the military. And, you know, it had nothing to do with improving our real estate business. Um, I won't say nothing to do with it, but the point is, if you're improving yourself, which is, I think, what we're doing in this group, then everything else should see benefits. Tom, in the three and a half years we've met, have you added to your portfolio at all? No. Right. And that's that's exactly what we're saying. You know, everybody else in the group will attest this. Tom drops knowledge bombs on a probably weekly basis, not only about real estate, but life. And, and, and you know, I value his input on a single family house in Missouri as much as anybody's. Does anybody have the Facebook page pulled up? Did we answer all those questions? I had them pulled up a second ago. Um, I think Adam Babin asked, if we have designated roles within the group, besides who takes the notes and kind of facilitates the discussion, we don't really have designated positions. Um, and then for the podcast, we kind of just rotate through who hosts. I, I think Brandon and Adam are really good at it. Uh, I'm not so good at it, but strengths and weaknesses, I guess. Uh, and then we did, we did though, James, we did, we did have roles in the beginning, I think. So those five roles that are on the sheet that parade provided for us, we literally did what he we did exactly what he told us to do, which was rotate through who's the note taker today, who's the like quarterback in it. We did we did very strictly adhere to that process probably for the first year, year and a half, I, I would guess. Yeah, at least. So yeah, we did have roles and then you know, throughout time, Brandon's natural note taking abilities <laughs> came to fruition. So he does it week after week. Between him and Tom, they kind of keep keep the meetings guided and on, on the correct path. And then Yahoo's like me and Adam and Justin take it off course. And then they bring it back off. And then another question was, um, how do you balance having structure in your weekly calls while still checking in with each member and maintaining general conversation? Um, normally we stick to the format, but when somebody is like, Hey, I've been struggling with this thing, right? I need a hot seat. I need something. Sometimes it's like a family problem. Then we pretty much set aside what we had to talk about that. That becomes the focus. That's been my experience. We also have a, a signal channel that we mostly communicate daily in. Um, so we're in a chat channel and a signal app that we, there's quite, I would say daily or every other day, at least a couple of times a week, somebody's dropping some kind of update in there or 
you know, request or whatever it may be. And then there's probably, you know, throughout the week, one squad member is calling another squad member about something specific that that squad member can help with. So James has a hiring issue. He will call Adam directly and then they'll, they'll work it out that way. So probably once a week, some one member is talking to another member directly. Signal. Somebody asked about Signal. Signal is just an app. It's a communication app. Uh, there might be a web. Can you do it on the web as well? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so my uh, our partner, John and I's partner, Hugh, is obsessed with it because it's I mean, it's encrypted, which people like, but he likes it so much because it talks to it has a desktop app and you can drop like bank stuff from your phone to your desktop, your desktop, to your phone, and it talks back and forth. It's actually pretty sweet. And Doug, to answer your question, I'm the only Air Force guy. That group definitely cut, um, carries me along. And I believe I'm the only enlisted guy. So they have to double carry me. I just have to show up and grunt. Marty's our, Marty's our senior enlisted advisor. I mean, Travis is a, a chief, <laughs> a CWO, and I'm prior. Like, let's, let's not get crazy. <laughs> I was going to suggest that maybe Dave starts quarterbacking some questions since he's got, you know, the Facebook questions and... Maybe you can look at the chat. Does anybody have some verbal questions? Uh, there weren't really any chats, chat questions that haven't been answered yet. That being said, give me a sec. Let me go back to the... We, what they we say ridicule there. each other endlessly. I get, I get hosed on at least once a week by Marty. Yeah, I, I think it's just like self-pressure, Doug. You know this. You guys have a pretty good group, too. It's like you don't want to... You don't want to... Dis- we're so consistent. Like if you show up, you don't really want to disappoint the team. And I mean, occasionally each, probably each one of us has at some point, um, whether it's been late to a meeting or, you know, overslept or like, oh yeah, man, I just didn't get that done. And that doesn't feel good. And it's pretty clear. You you don't see it happen too often, but it does occasionally happen. Uh, Not a verbal blanket party. Alexandra asks, how do you decide when to shift a meeting time first, just working while I front it? Have we ever shifted a meeting time outside of Christmas, the one Christmas? I don't know. We don't, we don't do that. No, yeah, I, I, so. I was going to, I was going to add that part of the success too is keeping that same time. So w- when we say we've never missed a meeting, right? We mean that we have kept that time and that call goes every week and we do everything we can to make it. Now, some of us have not made meetings here and there for whatever reason, but the meeting still happens. And so it becomes this is the meeting. This is when it happens. And we all do our best to make it. But if you have something else going on, okay. But the meeting's still happening. And so in that way, I guess it becomes more, no, this is a commitment that we're making. And so it's staying. The minute you start like doing too much, uh, unless it's like a special, you know, a special topic we want to hit on or whatever. But once you start moving the meeting around, now you see that that becomes flexible. And uh, I guess maybe really it's not that big of a commitment set in stone. And we can really just move that to whatever we want. And so I think then you run the risk of it kind of just falling off at that point, especially for a new new group that's just starting out. In in four years, and I see this too, when I talk to some other squads, like they'll be like, like, only two people ever show up. We never have that. We may have only one person gone, not being able to show up that week, or maybe two people. Maybe. But we never have just two people on the call. Like that does not happen. There, there is an occasion. Like you know, somebody is deploying on a ship with no contact. Therefore, they're not on the meeting. Like that's an acceptable reason. I've enjoyed as my kids have gotten older, and they like 
you know, that now it's like, oh, dad's got to be on a call. Right. And he and they and all my four kids have asked, well, why is that call important to you, dad? Like he they all see my intentionality of meeting that and making sure that I'm there. You know, and I think that that is a lesson as a parent and as, you know, showing them that this is important to me, that I'm showing up to represent myself and, and us as a family to guys that I love and adore. And they're like, oh, then that gives them the power and it, and it allows them to go and do the same thing in their own lives, too, because they all of them have asked why it's important. Why do I do it? And it's a great segue also when I'm talking to people like, why, why are you up at zero five on a Saturday? Oh, because I do a real estate call with, my, with six other dudes and it's freaking awesome. Oh, and then it leads to lots of other great conversations. The meeting happens. It's non-negotiable. This is the time. This is the date. This is the whatever. Now, we all have lives and so something may, may happen where we don't have signal, but you know, I can't begin to list how many different places people have called in, how many... Uh, you know, different uh, things that they have moved around so they could attend at least part of the meeting. You know, all, all of all of that is the meeting is the forefront and everything is kind of scheduled around that. Yeah. Example, I'm going to go to Nicaragua for a surf trip with my son in July and I'm leaving on a Saturday and I'm coming back on a Saturday. Well, one of those I'm flying in the middle of the night, so I'm not going to be on the, on the call. But the next Saturday when I'm going to be in Nicaragua, I'm going to be on the call because that's where I'm supposed to be. I was at a waterfall in Iceland and I called in. Uh, Doug, we have not done the kill cards. Um, I would probably say that we kind of do our own uh, version of the kill card just uh, organically, but we haven't officially done the kill cards now. Did we miss anything, Pray? I don't think so. I mean, it's not not rocket surgery. Consistency, dedication. I mean, like you said, you guys started off with the same template that everybody else had. We all we all deviate a little bit from it as we learn what what works and what doesn't for us. But the main secret sauce is just showing up and holding each other accountable to what we want to achieve. Yeah. I, I, I go back to just trust in the process. Like if you just sh- showing up as a, uh, is half the battle. If you just trust the pro- process, even when it's boring, like there will be boring weeks where not a lot is uh, really that exciting. Like, I mean, kind of newsflash, a lot of real estate is actually more boring than it is exciting. Um, so just be, be consistent and trust the process. If you do that, I bet you'll get way more out of it than um, if you didn't. So, and check your and check your mindset. Like you said, Adam. Like if you're showing up and all you keep thinking is, "Man, I'm not. I'm just not getting anything. I'm doing more coaching. I'm doing doing more giving than getting." If that's how you're showing up every week, just I just check it, reflect on it, journal it, write it down, and be like, "Is is that?" the mindset that's going to make this group and experience successful so that we all learn and grow or is it not? And as the guy that assigns squads in the war room, I tell everybody that listens, if you are on a squad that doesn't meet, tell me and I will find you a different squad and we'll just keep going around and around and around until you find one that fits you. If you have the desire to be an, an assassin, then keep finding a group that is full of assassins and then you guys will grow together. Yeah. And if we, if we need to do like a great reset and just like, <laughs> Just throw the dice in the air and say, everything that's not green squad, poof, screw it. We will. Um, but I don't think we do. I think we just need a refresh. And by refresh, I mean, get at it. And and honestly, most of the squads are still doing really good. Uh, that being said, if you... I'm sorry, I should ask. You guys feel good? Green squad? We good? All right, cool. Yeah, thanks, Dave. No, thank you, guys. Uh yeah, thank you guys didn't see the announcement. Uh, 26th, I believe, is the date. Let me 
Purple Verify Monday. Uh, yeah, 26th. Matt King is going to be doing a presentation at 8 p.m. Central on goal setting. So if you don't know who Matt King is, he is, uh, well, he is or was the right hand of David Osborne. Uh, and he did that very similarly to if you have heard of Deet Shaw give a presentation on adding value. That's how Matt worked his way in. He showed up, volunteered at a GoBundance event and was like, like, if you hear David talk about the story, David's like, Matt basically showed up and was like, Hey, your wife's coming in tonight. Would you like me to go clean your room, make your bed and, you know, buy roses and stuff and prep everything for when your wife arrives? And then like, there's like stories of him, like cleaning up kids vomit and stuff. And so like, he just give her right value, 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 value. And uh, through that built a relationship with David ended up being his right hand man runs his family office. Um, if you don't know who David Osborne is, he's worth $160 million, one of the founders of GoBundance, one of the biggest Keller Williams owners in the in the nation. Uh, anyway, so all that being said, Matt is now the CEO of GoBundance. He's a stud, just a all around really solid dude. But David and is one of the most fanatic goal setters that I've ever run across. And Matt obviously knows a ton about that, having been his right hand for the last 12 to 15 years. And he's going to come give a presentation on goal setting on the 26th at 8 p.m. It's going to be solid. And uh, so you guys should all be there. So if you haven't gone over to Circle and RSVP'd for that, make sure you do. And obviously, I'm going to post a reminder about that that morning so that you guys can all make it there. But it's going to be really solid. Uh, leading into Q3, halfway through the year, you know, getting back on uh, whatever goals you need to set to finish out the year. And um, I'm going to really be kind of lean in over the next month or two into some goal setting and accountability type stuff to really try to ramp up the value within the squads and, and start challenging people on, on that to try to get you guys uh, some help with getting more out of everything here. So it's going to be good stuff, but I got to run because I have another call in 15 minutes that I got to finish prepping for. And by finish prepping for, I mean, I drank a lot of caffeine, so uh, I got to go to the bathroom. Anybody need, need anything else? Got anything else? Cool. You all have a wonderful morning, weekend. Happy Father's Day to all the wonderful fathers and people who identify as fathers and uh, dog fathers. Is that a thing? Do we do we do dog fathers or is that just? Oh, yeah. Okay. I guess if they have dog moms, then we'll do dog dads. Cool.